0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of The Swedish Club and Connect Shipping Inc. The citation for this case is 2019 UKSC 29. And this case that we're looking at is concerning shipping law, which does have a tendency to get quite complicated at times, but thankfully the principle at the heart of this case is pretty straightforward. Let's get into the facts first. And in 2012, the ship in question, the Renos, became seriously damaged after a fire had started in the engine room. As the ship had lost power, the owners appointed salvers under something called Lloyd's Open Form 2011, which is basically a standard contract for salvage. When the ship got to land, the cargo was discharged and subsequently the remains of the ship were taken to Suez. At this point, the shipping company, and the respondents in this case Connect Shipping, cut their losses and issued a notice of abandonment on the appellant insurers, the Swedish Club, for the $12 million value of the ship, as well as an extra $3 million to cover the salvage and other costs. The argument put forward by the shipping company was that this situation represented something called a constructive total loss under section 622 of the Marine Insurance Act 1906, whereby the cost of repairing the ship Outweighs its actual value, the equivalent would be where we get a hole in one of our well-worn socks, and while it is possible to fix this up, the easiest and most efficient solution is just to buy a new pair. That is probably a bit too simplistic, but is essentially the argument at the heart of this case. The shipping company wants the full amount and are therefore arguing for a constructive total loss, whereas the insurers do not want to pay that much out, and so instead are arguing that there is only a partial loss. The arguments from the insurers are mainly centred around whether the cost of repairing the ship is really as high as is made out in the claim. For example, should the repair costs include the money that is spent before the ship owner issues the notice of abandonment, such as taking the boat to Suez? The second issue was whether the insurers would also have to pay for charges under the Special Compensation P&I Club Clause, which is commonly known as the Scopic Clause and basically forms part of the Lloyds Open Form 2011 that we mentioned earlier in relation to salvage. This clause essentially makes sure that the salvers get paid properly for their services. After both the High Court and the Court of Appeal held that there had been a constructive total loss of the Renos and found in favour of the shipping company, the insurers, known as the Swedish Club, appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick the case up. To start things off, the justices looked at how important the notice of abandonment is in cases like this for starting the stopwatch on costs. However, the use of the word would in Section 60 of the 1906 Marine Insurance Act in reference to the expenditure that would be incurred suggests that the legal question is more focused on the total potential expenditure rather than how much is spent on repairs, etc. from a certain fixed point in time. In fact, it would be strange to attach significance to the date the insurance claim is made, rather than, say, the date on which the fire actually occurred. As we move forward with this analysis, we can begin to see that the concept of a constrictive total loss is, actually more than anything, a mere tool for working out whether the repairs would cost more than the value of the ship. As such, this is an objective question that we can work out by looking at the facts of any given case. When putting both of these points together, the Supreme Court concluded that in answer to the first question, the costs that were incurred in the time frame between the engine room fire and the notice of abandonment would count towards the hypothetical repair costs when it came to calculating the constructive total loss in question. Round 1 therefore went to the shipping company, but you will remember that we also had to look at the so-called Scopic clause. Lord Sumption began his judgement by offering a brief history of the clause, and this is worth repeating, as not only does it inform the judgement, but he does a far better job of explaining it than I did earlier on. Much of the international law on salvage derives from the 1989 Salvage Convention, and for our purposes we will be focusing on Article 81b, which states that when a salver is performing their service, they must quote, exercise due care to prevent or minimise damage to the environment, end quote. That is understandable, but might not seem very fair when that care ends up costing the salver extra money and eats into their profits. As a result, Article 14 of the convention allows for such costs to be paid for by the owner of the ship instead. After all, it was their ship that caused the environmental issue in the first place. This is all reflected in the Scopic clause, but the question is whether they count towards the cost of repairs when working out a constructive total loss. On the one hand, this is expenditure that is indirectly related to the original engine room fire. But on the other hand, spending money on this does not actually contribute towards any repairs in a substantive way. The justices sided with the latter argument and noted that even though other things like the salvage itself do not represent an act of repairing the ship, they are at least preliminary steps towards repair. In contrast, the aim of the Scopic Clause is the protection of the environment with no view towards repair whatsoever and so it was the insurers who were successful on this point by the end of this judgment then both sides had half won and half lost the case so what happens next well the justices were only offering an interpretation of the law in each respect rather than coming to a final decision on the case itself as a result the proceedings will now return to the high court where the judge will take the interpretation handed down by the supreme court and apply it to this dispute. In all likelihood, if this is not a total victory for the shipping company, it will certainly be a significant one. The costs relating to the Scopic Clause are minor when compared to the overall costs of the salvage and repair, and when this figure goes up, it is the insurers who are due to lose out. At the start, I noted that shipping cases can often become quite complicated, with different contracts and liabilities between parties, but we have seen that the solution here has been relatively straightforward. Working out whether the repairs cost more than the actual ship is not necessarily an easy calculation, but it does at least give us a definite answer when making a decision in relation to constructive total loss. At the same time, it seems like common sense that you would work out the cost of repairs from the time that the damage actually occurred. After all, if your car broke down on the side of the road, then you would expect your insurance to cover the roadside recovery as well as the repairs themselves. That is why it is so surprising to hear about the so-called Nordic plan to make changes in this regard. Now, this plan does make some reasonable suggestions. For example, there might be a difference between the insurable value of the ship and the actual value of the ship. And so this does hint that there might be a need for a degree of flexibility when working out a constructive total loss. The way that the Nordic plan gets around this is that if the damage equates to only 80% of the insurable value, then there would still be a payout for constructive total loss. Such a plan acknowledges two important realities. Firstly, ships will depreciate in value over time, and secondly, even if a ship can be repaired, then if that is going to be very expensive, then it doesn't make much economic sense when a new ship would only be slightly more expensive, but last for a longer time. Unfortunately, the plan also seeks to remove the cost of salvage from the calculation, but the basis for doing so seems at best a little flimsy. In the commentary to the proposed clauses, it states that salvage costs introduce a great deal of uncertainty into the calculation when coming up with constructive total loss. That might well be true, but risk is the name of the game when it comes to insurance. And it's for that very reason that insurers get paid so much. They are assuming risk in return for a fee. What this ultimately comes down to is that despite the moves by the Nordic group of insurers to appear more generous by being willing to declare a constructive total loss on only 80% of the insured value, they are seeking to reduce the total number of constructive total losses by squeezing the definition of repair. If this is done effectively enough, then by the time it comes to the calculation, we've been talking about, it is much less likely that the sum will even be close to the 80% of the insured value once those salvage costs are siphoned off to another part of the plan and discounted. Of course for some people this might seem fair enough, the repairs ought to be limited to the labour and materials it would take to bring the ship back to a seaworthy condition. My own tendency is to try and understand what we mean by the concept of constructive total loss. And I think this is asking a much broader question, namely once some sort of catastrophic event has befallen a ship, does it make economic sense to restore that ship to a seaworthy condition? That approach takes into account the actual repairs, but also the effort it would take to salvage the ship in the first place, as this is directly related to that overall process of restoration. In the end the Nordic plan is not wrong per se, but ship owners should enter such a contract with their eyes wide open. There is a good chance that this will be the cheaper option, but if a claim is made after a significant catastrophe, it may be harder to recover the full value under the policy. On the other hand, we have seen in this case that Connect Shipping were much more successful in their bid to establish a constructive total loss under their own insurance contract. While marine insurance law can seem daunting to many, we can see how the interpretation of a word as simple as repair can ultimately be the difference between millions of pounds. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode of the UK Law Week podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com for the theme music. Special thanks this week go out to Erin Fran, who left a very kind five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Remember, if you get a chance to leave a review on Apple Podcasts yourself, that is always very much appreciated. I think that with iTunes going now, all of that is thankfully carried over and those reviews will still be there. If you did previously leave a review and if you want to leave a review in the future, then Apple Podcasts is the place to do that. So thank you very much to everyone who listens and takes the time to review. I'll be back with another case next week. But for now, bye.